We just escaped from the Whiskey Prison Tour, and we did not need to use peanut butter. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. We've got uh, How You Be Durin', some wacky news. We're going to talk to Chris Ferdico from Warfighter Tobacco. And um, without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right. I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. He's 2016's honorable mention father of the year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one. It's Mojo! I'm trying to think who this is. Blackstone Cherry, my friend. Good tune. Good yeah. tune. We can let it roll. You want to let it yeah, roll? Yeah, let it roll. I take it he didn't open up for uh, Sam Hunt. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you for joining us again, as always. Uh, you are officially listening to the most popular podcast on the interwebs. That's what I heard. Yeah, I think in the Netherlands and Tokyo. Uh, my uh, co- contact at the Russian consulate okay. has verified that. All so right. If, if not, deal. then he will make us the number one listen to <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again. You can find us on the interwebs at www.southernfryphilosophy.com. You can also find us at Twitter and Instagram at SFP Radio and also on the Facebooks at Southern Fry Philosophy. Go to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Please like our uh or like our podcast also give us a, a subscribe you can also give us a review a positive or negative we, you know whatever either way but it helps us move up in the algorithms of the podcast world and we do appreciate that we thanks for our new listeners that are joining us from uh tokyo netherlands russia and also in the west coast i guess they, i guess they want to hear some uh, southern fried philosophy I guess so, so we, we the, appreciate that the top uh, people that listened to the podcast last week coming out of california and dc also, we, we want to pay respect to our uh, armed forces that are actually listening to the Pacific Coast, mm. the Pacific Armed Force bases. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, hopefully hearing something uh, comforting from home here. So uh, in normal land. Ladies and gentlemen, just bring the heat. That's, That's right. That's all I'm telling you. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in every week. So we got a big show, I guess. We do. Uh, let me go ahead and ask you like I ask you every week. Mojo, how you be darn? You know, I had a great day until I walked out of the house and forgot Uh-oh. I forgot I put deodorant on. Ooh. Or I didn't put deodorant on, excuse me. So, uh, yeah, you know, in the summertime, south, humid, hot, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not a smart move to walk out without no, deodorant. Sir. So that's uh, that's rolling the dice. So what, What's your your go-to for deodorant? Uh, just regular degree. Degree? S- seems to be the kind, you know, growing up as Old Spice, because <laughs> what, what my dad had. So. Listen, I still use Old Spice, but it's like the new stuff. Oh, uh, but but what kind do you use though? Is it like the stick, or is it the gel? It's the it's kind of like the, uh, the the it's not the gel. It's a stick, but it's the uh, 
that creamy kind. Okay, kind the of soft gel. Soft. Yep. No, not, whatever it is, I, I guess. I, Where it has like the holes at the top. I, you know what I do is I get like mm-hmm. the Sam's 10 pack. That way I never <laughs> run out, you know. So I try to do that. But yeah, summertime, you know, in the it's South. It's expensive, man. Yeah. Deodorant's is. crazy. Well, it's also expensive not to wear deodorant <laughs> because uh, you uh, you leave a lasting impression from many people. So I didn't wear my Southern Fry philosophy shirt, thank goodness, because yeah. people are maybe associated uh the podcast with bad odor so, <laughs> or pit stains or pit stains. That's two. crazy. Uh, well I had a, uh, we had a, a previous guest on the, on the show, Leif. He was on mm-hmm. a former podcast and he came by and stopped by and talked a little bit. And this is after 10 P 10 weeks in a row. Well, 10 weeks we've had company coming in and he gave me this sound advice. He said, if you don't want people to come visit you, um, the best thing for you to do is when you're showing people around your house, you you put a trash can in the bath bathroom, and you say, now, because it's an old house, you can't flush the toilet. You've got to put all your toilet paper into uh, the wastebasket. Mm. And, and then you point to the baby wipes, and you just look at them and say, I just assume you know what that's for. And then just leave it at that. <laughs> By the way, uh, episode 12 is uh, getting to know Leif. Okay. Leif is a former, uh, uh, he's actually a Vietnam veteran, mm-hmm. uh, former military, and just an interesting cat all the way around. So <laughs> I, got to, got, I, I got to enjoy getting to know him a little bit, and, and yeah. I'm sure the listeners did too. So I thought that was great advice from him. Yeah. Um, because yeah. if you walk into a toilet uh, bathroom and there's like that, that sign where it says put all your toilet paper in here like, yeah you kind of just don't want to stay around there no no and Mm-mm. you don't want to shake hands and you probably Mm-mm. don't want to eat the food that they prepare exactly so. that get that would be sage advice to get people out of your house if yeah. you don't want them yeah what is this a foreign country no pl- inside plumbing <laughs> i don't, don't well, we quite can, get we this. can use the escape the the excuse it's an old house right plumbing's bad whatever well speaking of that mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you noticed that uh uh, downtown Concord here where we're hit, we're yeah. at here in North Carolina, just hey, north buddy. of Charlotte. And this is not just the vicious disease of government work here because mm-hmm. it's, it's in every city, every municipal, right. municipality. But th- we had a water main <laughs> break yeah. uh, on one of the major streets, Church Street here, and it was gushing. Uh, yes, it was sir. probably like a good eight by six foot hole. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the wa- the roads and stuff were just caving Massive. in. Well, I drove by the second time after eating lunch. <laughs> And there was 15 workers out there all staring in a hole <laughs> doing nothing. Well, if we stare at it long enough, it'll stop. I didn't know we had 15 people in our plumbing crew in this Mm-mm. whole town. How about it? That's crazy. I mean, it was, it's massive, man. Like yeah. The kids were taking showers in it or baths in it and things like that. It was, it was massive. There's probably, probably that pet alligator someone released in 1976. <laughs> I finally but got dude, it was, it was I was amazed. 15 yeah. people were just sitting there staring. They all had yeah. the same matching vest on. So Well, safety I, first, kids. I, probably 14 were engineers and one of them was actually a worker. Yeah. So there you go for your tax dollars. There so. you go. One of the things that uh, I will say that happened this week is is concerts. We we asked on on the Facebook question of the week, "What's your favorite concert?" There were some good question, uh, good responses. Some of them are like, mm, "Probably not the best concert I could have thought about going to." But how are you on concerts? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Um, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the uh, big pavilion type yep. or the amphitheater mm-hmm. and or even the like. Uh, back home, we had a. Uh, basketball hockey stadium that they mm-hmm. would put in. I, I'm right. not a big fan of those. I like the small intimate venues yep. where it hold maybe 600 people, 700 people. Yeah. Maybe a thousand. That's it. Yeah. So. It, it, the thing for me, and my wife loves them. She is dialed into them like none other. She could just go on concerts and just be a hippie. I think she probably would. <laughs> but 
But like, she loves going to concerts, and she she took me to Sam Hunt, and I know that kind of made you upset. Well, it made me upset. Well, I just, just cried for you. Yeah. Because especially the topic of demasculation. Yeah. And then you go to a Sam Hunt concert. Yeah. I, I do kind of like and it. And that's how it begins. That's how she's taking you over right now. That, that's probably one of the stages. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but uh, so we went to the Sam Hunt concert. The thing about concerts, though, is for me, it's like a handle getting in. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you've got to walk, you know, generally a, a pretty good distance mm-hmm. to get there. Then you kind of sit there for a while. And then. You hear the concert, which you could have just heard on the CD, like, mm, okay, whatever. Sure. And then, and then you have to leave, and you get stuck in that leaving con- concert traffic, which the concert was over at 10. We probably got home at like 1230. Mm-hmm. We did manage to stop by Waffle House, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's the traffic to get out. We're just sitting there for like an hour and yeah. a half, just like, mm, what are we doing? Come on, let's move. And they seem to put these stadiums now, or amphitheaters, mm-hmm. or whatever venues in not a very well constructed mm-hmm. transportation nope. district. No, so sir. that's how it is here in Charlotte. Same way. So, yeah. so, uh, I don't know if you know, Sam Hunt is kind of like a country slash, hip, not even hip hop, but just kind of country ish pop ish. He's from this country. How about from you Georgia. He is from Georgia. Um, but some of the things that, uh, astounded me that I want to bring up or, um, Hey, Hey moms, I'm, I'm going to need you to put some clothes on. I mean, there were a lot of moms that should not be wearing the things that they should be wearing, what they were wearing. I'm thinking I should maybe go into the same hunt concert now. Well, <laughs> there there were some big mama what-whats <laughs> <laughs> that were wearing stuff that you're like, mm, I don't think that's appropriate right. for, for anybody at any any stage of the venue. Right. Um, and then there were the moms that were, were letting it loose mm-hmm. that, that, you know, were okay, but mom i need you to turn it down a bit right, right. i mean they were dialed up they've been drinking all day right you know popping popping a few bottles um but mm. they probably they probably get no break from their kids i'm sure or if they have a full-time career mom right then they probably get no break from their career as soon as they come home to chaos so you know well, they let loose one night so. and, and i'll say this grandma <laughs> grandma getting down too grandma yeah. big mama what what <laughs> mm. hey yeah and that's the thing about uh these younger musicians with their mm. tight jeans and yep. their uh, loud music and yep. stuff that doesn't even fit in the genre they no. sing. But well, man, it, they're attracted. They're attracting just women that are wearing clothes that should not be fitting. <laughs> it should not. You should not. Oh man, we're gonna start. Like, is this gonna become a gospel? Uh, a gospel podcast? <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. Though. I mean, hey, man, come on hey. now. Right. But that's the thing. None of the men wanted to go. You, you were the sucker. <laughs> nah, but it's a Sam Hunt. So but was the con- how was the concert? concert was okay. The the other thing that can I just tell you this absolutely shocked me. Evident. I don't know if it's the HB two thing or whatever, but but the line for the women's bathroom was was pretty long, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going walking up and no line for the guys' bathroom. But when I get there. I'm seeing women pouring out of the men's bathroom. And I'm like, wait, what? I, I was shocked. You know, I was like, am I going in the wrong one? So mm-hmm. I froze a little bit. But then I see guys coming out and then more girls coming out. And mm-hmm. then, and so I walked in and there were maybe five or six women just in in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, saying, well, the other one was full. And one one mama, mama, big mama, what, what? She, she was coming through saying, I'm a mom. It's okay. Like, that makes it okay? <laughs> 
It's okay, guys. It's not like I haven't seen these things before. I've, like, I've seen mm. the wedding tackle twice. Yeah. Like, mm. And then so I leave, and then I have, a, I have an adult beverage, mm-hmm. and that makes me just have to go like crazy. So then I go back, and this line is now, for the men's bathroom, is four times as long, mm-hmm. and now men and women are in the line. Hmm. And so, I mean, dude, I'm not kidding. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever, like, the bathroom, it was filled up to the to the top, to the brim of just puke and uh, and well, stuff. So and these ladies are trying to pee in that, and I'm like, mm, good luck to you. Yeah. I mean, it was gross. I mean, absolutely gross. Wow. And I don't know how these girls are just like, mm, all right, I'm just going to go in there. It drove yeah, me nuts. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the downside when you get that many people. How many people are probably there? Five thousand, ten thousand. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. Probably. I mean, I know I know PNC Pavilion's a pretty large they, thing. Yeah, so. and there's two bathrooms, and then they they brought in a ton of porta potties. Right, and that line was long. Like how how long are you guys peeing for? Right. Like what is the deal with that? That's how, they, that's how the venues make their money mm. for bathrooms. No, for the for the beverages. Um, so, um, and then the encore. Like, what, can I ask this question? Why do we always do an encore? Like, mm. we know that it's coming. They get done. They leave, and then they come back. Like, just. Play and then just be done. I think it's an ego thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They got to they got to fuel their pride and ego a little bit. So they, they that or maybe they gives the average Joe is buying the ticket. Maybe <laughs> thinks they're getting more value hey, for the money. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm not a fan of concerts. I'm going just because my wife likes to go and mm. I like to make my wife happy. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a bad concert. So anyway, I think my wife and I have only been to really maybe three concerts in our whole our whole marriage which is okay because she wow. yeah she she's not a big fan of the music i listen to and okay. i'm not a big fan of the music she listens to so that's okay I and mean, we hmm. we get along that way but um yeah we go to we go to different types of genres so. <laughs> um yeah so i just i go wherever my wife takes me or if she tells you or if she tells me um yeah so the podcast question of the week was mm-hmm. uh what was the best concert you've ever been mm-hmm. to we had several people mention corn which is uh, a '90s band a lot, yeah. and I mean they're still around. And I think they just opened uh, opened up a new tour. Hmm. Um, also, uh, a buddy of mine who's a physician out in my hometown, he's uh, I think he just tours around with looking at concerts too. But he's <laughs> actually you know, the Black Sabbath's last concert was he said was probably his best. Hmm. Several people for Metallica. Hmm. One lady said Elvis. She saw How about El- it. Yeah, saw Elvis. Uh, what back in like seventy. Uh, 70- 75, I think, is what she said. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so that's a classic. Yeah. Blast from the past. Um, Garth Brooks got a couple hits. Um, of course, the band I listened to, Social Distortion, doesn't have a lot of fan base on the East Coast, but that's okay, <laughs> though. Um, and also another childhood, uh, uh, not childhood, but early teens, Hootie mm-hmm. and the Blowfish. How about it? I've actually <clears throat> seen them before they got big. I, I like Hootie and the Blowfish. I'm a big fan. You know, I like them because they're good. South Carolina boys where mm-hmm. I'm from and they're yeah. very invested in their city. Yeah. Um, and they just, they give back and give back. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And the, uh, surpriser was Jeremy who also pot, uh, he co-host and co-chair some of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. He actually said Miley Cyrus. <laughs> mm. So Jeremy, I think we may have to officially ban you from podcast. <laughs> you are no longer uh, allowed on with Miley. Oh, Come on, buddy. Yeah. That was, uh, that was kind of a, a shocker, but mm. you know, I, he also, uh, likes to say he posts, things on uh jason moraz so yeah jeremy after after seeing jeremy post some uh, yeah. things like jason derillo and mm. some a couple other guys that i barely have heard of uh yeah <laughs> miley cyrus so mm. i wonder if it was when the, the during the tongue sticking out stage yeah. or the uh, reformed um girl mm. 
I don't know, but I heard, uh, speaking of, like I heard Justin Bieber is now starting a church. That should be interesting. Yeah, that's a rumor. Mm. And uh, also my wife, her and her friend, they went to see Maroon 5, and of course mm. all the women like to like those guys, I guess the lead singer, yeah. whatever his name is. Levine, Adam Levine. Yeah, taking yeah. his shirt off. So I've, mm-hmm. I've got to hear about that a hundred times. <laughs> so, Which mm. I don't know how people listen to Maroon 5 either. Yeah. You can send all my, all your hate mail to me if you'd like. So that's cool. <laughs> Mojo at Southern yeah. Fried. Yeah, go ahead. Um, well, yeah, that's it's crazy. I think for me, I liked Garth Brooks. I went to that concert and, and enjoyed that when I was a when I was a youth. Um, but uh, still holding out for Will Smith. Yeah, I see. I like small venues and mm-hmm. a couple small venues. I like. I, we actually saw Aaron Lewis um, mm-hmm. solo. It was just him and his guitar and a guy who plays a dobro which is nice. kind of like a steel guitar. Mm-hmm. And he did basically everything from his country album and then just did a lot of covers. People were just shouting out like, hey, you know, what do you want to play? And people will set Purple Rain. He'd play Purple Rain by Prince. Wow. So that was probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Yeah. Social Distortion, I've seen them three or four times. Um, punk band from Orange County, California. But uh, country, Jamie Johnson, hmm. who has written a lot of uh, top 40 country hits. Yeah. Uh, he he doesn't do the pop country, but uh, for himself. But he one of his one of the best concerts I've been to was was with him. I mean, wow. so yeah. Hmm. We can also say our favorite concert was Shelly Coley this past week. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good job. For for intimate ven- <laughs> for intimate venues, right? Yeah. All right, so um, we were able to have Tim. He came on the show with us last week. We, well, last week we had Tim uh, on the show with us. He is the winner of the one year anniversary prize pack that we had and we were not able to get his interview in on that one but we did interview him so we are going to actually play that for you now just to hear a little bit about tim and kind of his background so here's the interview all right so we're back we've got uh our special guest uh, with us is tim uh, i don't know if you want me to say your last name or not but no, uh, might as well it's all in the papers <laughs> tim uh won our contest uh, for the annual uh, Southern Fried Philosophy one year anniversary special. I'm going to change the name of that every time we say that. Um, we we'll did it straight on the second year. <laughs> but uh, Tim, you uh, you won, and so how do you, how are you liking uh, being here and part of the show? Well, you know, I never win anything. Ever. Never win anything except my uh, beautiful bride, Jill. Um, and <laughs> well, I also well, never yeah. have any brushes with greatness except with uh, you two gentlemen here today. So that's. <laughs> Wow. That's very special. We've got to have him on more often. I tell you, uh, that will get you anywhere. <laughs> would it, would it? Flattery will Flattery get you, will get you everywhere. Um, Tim, so how have you had the barbecue sauce yet? You know, I have, and it was delicious. Uh, we, Joe, we made that uh, a staple a few times. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, very good. Very cool. good. Thank you. Very good. Cool. And you're going to be uh, joining us at the Whiskey Prison uh, this... coming up. Yep. So that'll be a fun trip. So Tim, tell us a little bit maybe about yourself. Like, what do you what do you do? Like, what do you like to do? Well, you know, I'm a, a lifelong resident here in town, Concord, and um, uh, in in information technology as a uh, trade as far as my occupation. And um, I've been with my company for about 33 years now. And, wow. Uh, uh, Good. Kind night. of looking towards retirement uh, at some <laughs> point, but. Uh, I, I do think uh, I may be known in these parts for a lot of cycling that I do. I used nice. to used to race uh, quite a bit, and I still enjoy that hobby. And uh, as a uh, side sideline, I enjoy my bourbon and cigars. Nice, everything, well done. Everything in moderation. You probably could beat Lance Armstrong without the uh, blood doping. I'm sure too, right? Oh, you think you could? Ooh. If you took took on Lance Armstrong now, you think you could beat him? Oh, he has no chance. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I I think, hey, maybe we should get Shark Week to do that. <laughs> Tim against Lance Armstrong. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> it has nothing to do with sharks. Uh, it, just, it can't be a simulated. Oh, I guess he could be a land shark, right? Yeah, it can't be a simulated uh, uh, thing again. <laughs> It'd actually be a real one, right? Oh, my gosh. So um, you are... So you've lived in Concord your whole life. Is that is that accurate? That's correct. Yeah. How, how have you liked it? Like, what what's been some of the major or biggest changes that you've seen, or like, what are some of the things that you're really looking forward to? Well, downtown Concord, as we all know, is just growing by mm. leaps and bounds. Got two new restaurants here of, as of uh, as of this past month: mm-hmm. French restaurant and uh, Sh- a new what is it? Was Le- the Chez Francois? Chez Francois. How about it? I thought, yeah. I thought it was Lee Hardays. That's down the street. <laughs> Been there and they've got a. We've visited once. It's good, and then a new other spot is Local Twenty Five. Yeah, big shout out to them. They, it's a good spot. The food is yeah. delicious, and we had a good time. My wife went there for lunch. She said that the uh, the ambiance was fantastic. She used, so, the, she used the word ambiance, and you just did too. Yeah. Well, I only did it because she did it. So, what is that word, honey? I don't know. Yeah, I had to look it up actually. <laughs> some big words. Yeah. Um, Tim, what? Uh, so you went did some biking, yeah, um, and you enjoy that. I have no idea what that's like. You 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 post all the time like you're going out for forty or fifty miles of a, of a, a race or you know just a ride. A yeah. Ride. I can't even fathom like driving forty miles to Charlotte. Like that annoys me. Like yeah. I would feel like I would get chaffed like no other. <laughs> I mean, how do you avoid the chafe, my friend? Oh my gosh, I've been doing it for so long. Yes, for about thirty years now, and. Uh, uh, but you, there's some creams that okay. you can use to, uh, but we won't go any further. Cal- calluses and cornstarch. There you go. <laughs> oh, wow. I couldn't imagine. And then I, I remember as a kid, like biker shorts were really cool, like mm. bicyclist shorts. And I remember. Were they cool? They were really well, were. They? People would wear them. Yeah, I remember uh, that. A yeah. lot. And, With fanny packs. And I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I just want a pair of bi- bicycle shorts. <laughs> and so she dragged me down to the local JCPenney's, and she found some that, that, that fit, or well, that, that I could put on. And I remember the look on her face, Tim, when I came out of that dressing room thinking I looked sharp. And she said, oh, honey, no. No, please don't do this to yourself. <laughs> well, big and, big and what we can do is hold you down, put lycra shorts on, and shave your legs, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, that, that's the closest to, to actually getting on a bike that I think I've ever been. So, hmm. I mean, like, besides just running around the neighborhood. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, you know, when you're running around the neighborhood, how many miles did you put on your bicycle then? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe well, less than 10 miles a day, probably, but still, it seemed like a lot as a kid. Yeah, it was... Uh, Two, two houses down to my best friend, so I would get on the bike and just ride furiously over down two houses, and then I was there. Break so, out of sweat, and you're good. Yeah. It was like you going to Home Depot, yeah. like me just going down the two streets. <laughs> and it was downhill, which was it was even worse. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I didn't drive drive the bike a whole lot. Wasn't a big bike guy. So uh, Well, you know, I always had dreams of, when I was a kid, watching some of those like cheesy 80 movies where they had the BMX bikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, oh, what was that? Rad? Rad was Rad one, was of, one of those. Kid. Yes. I always dreamed of that. You know, you, you tell your parents they got to have the pegs on the back. <laughs> right. and, and then you get your shoelace <laughs> caught in it. Yes. And that's all she wrote. And then you were going to be all cool because you had somebody else behind you sit, yep. standing on the pegs. Yep. Dude, I tried that once and I fell off. I cut <laughs> my leg like none other. 
Uh, the bicycles, that was, that was life back then. So. <laughs> what got you started into to bike riding? You know, I guess I was uh, ran marathons and mm. back in college and did some pole vaulting and just too many injuries, so I decided to uh, grab a, a bicycle and... Uh, Play chicken was, with cars instead. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've played chicken with cars a couple of times and lost big time, so mm. uh, yeah, well try to be a little more careful these days <laughs> so you were pole vaulting yeah i was a pole vaulter in i don't understand the math and the science of that i just don't get it yeah, did it for eight years and uh broke two poles now you talk about sharding there you <laughs> yeah. go i mean there's How about uh, that? yeah that's a that's a scary moment and uh so it sounds like a, that. it sounds yeah. like a cannon going off when you break a pole but oh uh, yeah so there no, you they, they, don't they call it the box they call it the box oh, yeah, and and put the, the what's the diameter no no I mean, out of curiosity, no. it's it's a small box. <laughs> y'all are y'all killing me here. So, what do you do in the box? You put the pole as you as you gain momentum and speed, and you thrust the pole into the box, and then that creates momentum, and then and then the pole eventually bends, and then once you get the maximum, you know, it thrusts you up there, and it's all about it, it's all about gravity etc uh, sure. and uh everything just going where it needs to be <laughs> and there we were banned in seven countries <laughs> and then that's where we get the e on itunes gotcha explicit mm. excellent description <laughs> <laughs> and then and then once you have finished that you just lay on the mat and just rest and thank god and thank the lord well if you if you made the jump and you and you were successful at obtaining what you wanted to, the height you wanted to obtain, you would jump up in joy and, uh, you know, jumping down on the mat and with mm-hmm. arms up in the air in great adulation. It was it was awesome. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. If I can ever pull that off, that's exactly what I do. Well, just think maybe if we get the wall built on the, the southern border, you you might be able to have a new career in training oh, yeah. uh, pole vaulters. How about it? They'll, they'll build boxes all up and down that thing. That's right. Hmm. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> so what kind, right. actually what kind of bike do you ride i'm just curious i have two bikes there's in cycling there's this theory of n plus one bikes mm. which equals the amount of bikes you have whatever amount of bikes you have you have one extra mm-hmm. and um so i have a trek a trek madone that's my primary road bike and then i have an orbea and i swap them out occasionally and um there's plenty of uh, cycling pals of mine that have an enormous amount of bikes because they're not cheap, but mm-hmm. I keep mine around for a while. And uh, yeah, Trek and Orbea. I about yeah. it. I had a Trek for a short period of time while I rode, rode but a close call with death. Hmm. So uh, yeah. Have you have you heard of Schwinn? I think Schwinn, that was, yeah. that's where I was at when I stopped my. Career. Is it Husky a brand? It is Walmart. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the Stingray. <laughs> the banana seat. Yeah, and then I went to the uh, the skateboard. I thought I was going to be the next uh, Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk, yeah, that that worked out well. The skateboard, I, I couldn't skate and roller skate, so I definitely didn't try the skateboard. Mm-hmm. So the, the the other thing was the um, the roller blades, and I could never get into that either. Yeah, that was I kind just, of after my childhood yeah. upbringing, so mm-hmm. I never got into that. But mm-hmm. we actually have someone here at the studio who roller blades quite often, so. I guess dry dry skiing, I guess, is what it looks like. So. 
All right. Well, thanks, Tim, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thanks uh, for uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, man. All right. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have some wacky news. And we have Chris Ferdico from Warfighter Tobacco. He'll be on the show. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Do you know it takes a customer three seconds to decide whether to stay or leave your website? That's why a crisp, clean, and user-friendly website is one of the best ways to market and help and grow your business. At Webmerize Web Design, we offer that and much more. They pride themselves in offering their clients professional websites at affordable prices. Are you a small business? No problem. We can cater to small businesses by working with their clients every step of the way to meet their needs and expectations. Their number one goal is to partner with their clients to help and grow their business with a successful website. They work for every client, no matter the size. So if you'd like a great website, go to webmerize.com, W-E-B-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D.com, or you could check out their link on the sponsors link of our website. If you mention the word Biggin, you'll get 10% off your website design order. Again, webmerize.com. Check them out. All right, we are back, and now we are going to bring you some wacky news. All right, so um, the first one out of the gate is a <laughs> – I don't know if you saw this one or not. I don't think you did. A dozen inmates use peanut butter to escape from jail. The last of them have been finally caught. Um, the last of a dozen inmates who use peanut butter to escape from an Alabama jail has been caught. Bradley Kilpatrick was captured Tuesday in Florida. Uh, after being tracked down, the 24-year-old was the only one of the escapees to make it uh, out of Alabama, the Walker County Sheriff's Office said. Um, on Sunday, so here's the story. On Sunday, a dozen inmates escaped from the Walker County Jail, not by cutting through steel bars or drilling through walls or ripping a toilet from a wall. Instead, the Walker County Sheriff Jim Underwood told reporters that the inmate used peanut butter to make the number on one of the cell doors look like the number on a door leading to the outside of the jail. An inmate then asked an unsuspecting jail guard in the control room to open his cell by saying he needed to get back in. Unknown to the guard, he had inadvertently unlocked the door that opened to the outside. Uh, they got some blankets and threw that over the razor wire. Uh, and 12 inmates used that to escape. And uh, they were caught probably, I think it was 18 hours later or so. And then they finally caught the last one yesterday. So this was uh, last week. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Wow. Now, when you first started out there, I I, 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 the visualization yeah. I had in my head of this peanut butter. not happening. It was not good. Right. And I'm glad we didn't go down that road. <laughs> but so I don't, I don't quite understand it. But somehow they used the peanut butter to either cover up one of the numbers or make it look like a different number. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure they probably did a pretty good job of it because mm. you know if it it depends. I, right. I, like the peanut butter, if, they, if it was black numbering, they mm -hmm. probably used the peanut butter and probably used some scrapings of a yeah. shoe or something to you know burn ash. I mean, they make right. tattoos out. You know, black ink tattoos are the burn shoe. ash of a shoe. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. That's how they get the color black. Um, I can give you a whole. So I don't have it all <laughs> but um, I, I mean, I can see it being a possibility, but 
was this guard an absolute moron? I mean, is, is this like his first day at the jail? It actually kind of was. Was it? He was. He was a newbie. The, okay. The, well, I give him a break. Guys. I mean, that, wow. I feel bad for that guy. He probably lost mm-hmm. his job too. Could you imagine like doing roll count at the end of the night and looking at the new guy, be like, "Hey, we're missing. <laughs> we're missing twelve. <laughs> I was just eating my ham, ham and cheese sandwich. Mm-hmm. What, what happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I feel bad for that guy because I he, he probably. Spent forever going through the, the security checks and mm-hmm. getting approved and firearm safety, and all of a sudden, listen to be honest with you, line. if you don't want if that guy lets let somebody out because of peanut butter, might be a good idea to go ahead and let yeah. him go. Well, because you know, I mean, there's no telling how many, how many tax dollar resources were used <laughs> finding these guys too. Sure. You know, so yeah, it's probably probably best that he maybe go get a job at Lowe's. And you know that out of those twelve people. There wasn't a guy from the fraternity Fat Five Fat because he would have eaten he would have eaten the peanut butter or stopped to find some jelly. For him. <laughs> right. So wait, wait. We're gonna use this this gel this uh, peanut butter to to break out of jail. Hmm. I think I'd almost rather eat it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, considering they probably eat bologna and cheese quite a bit, yeah, that seems to be a, a jailhouse staple. So. <laughs> All right. Oh man. Uh, I think you have my little uh, video thing, but uh, or audio portion mm. of this uh, thing, but I'll start it out. Yep. Um, Ohio woman with a pet boa constrictor mm. attacking her face tells 911 there's blood everywhere. 911, what is the location of your emergency? Oh, Hello? I had a boa constrictor stuck to my, my face. Ma'am, you have a what? Boa constrictor. It's a house. I'm outside with it. You're outside <laughs> with a boa constrictor stuck to your face? Yes. Yeah. Oh. I just rushed it yesterday, please. Ma'am, I've notified the ambulance and the fire and the uh, police department. The, so the boat researcher had a hold of your nose? Yes. Can you pry its jaw open if you pick no, its I'm jaw? No, I'm trying. There's blood everywhere. Okay, and it won't, its jaw won't open? No. Okay, how big of a snake are we talking, ma'am? She's like five and a half feet. Five and a half feet? Mm, so that was... So the story on this... Uh, uh, Sheffield Lake, Ohio. Um, this lady obviously calls nine one one just in case yeah. you could kept, catch up on some of it. The, the boa constrictor has a hold of your nose. Mm-hmm. The dispatcher asked, uh, "Can you pry the jaw open? Um, can you pick up the pick out the jaw, or whatever?" Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm trying. There's blood everywhere. The call, caller says, um, "The Sheffield Lake woman refused to talk about her experience Friday, mm-hmm. but gave nine one one an earful. Mm-hmm. Um, I just rescued it yesterday." She says, claiming the bull was uh, one of two she had obtained the day before. All of mm. my snakes are put away. I don't know what that has to do with it. I guess. I guess the cops are coming out shooting snakes. I guess. Um, yeah, anyway, how many snakes do you have, ma'am? And then she also tells the nine one one operator that she has nine others. Nine so, others. Yeah. Uh, also, neighbors declined to speak. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but they did eventually remove the snake because um, <laughs> it was actually constricting around. <laughs> The uh, young lady's neck mm-hmm. at the time when they showed up, they actually severed the head with a mm-hmm. knife and they treated the, the woman with her injuries. And, but uh, what, what happened here? <laughs> and, you know, and here's here's the one. Th- here's here my go. Here's my one takeaway from this. Mm-hmm. One. That, you only have one. Well, I got multiple. Okay. But here's one <laughs> is that she was quick to say. Yep. And, and, here it comes. Well, I don't know if we're thinking about the same I thing. I think so. That she rescued it. Yep. Why do pay people who rescue pets <laughs> have to make that announcement right away? You saved you, you saved zero time on that, telling them that it's been rescued because they well, don't care. What's the difference? What's, I, what's it could have, yeah. I obviously didn't do too great of a job rescuing, mm-hmm. but no, but I, now I love pets. I mean, I have a I have a rescue cat and a rescue dog, mm-hmm. so 
but I, I don't brag about it. It's like my first thing, but I think people that are so ambitious or passionate about their mm-hmm. pets, that's like the first card they throw down. Well, it wasn't even their pet. They just rescued it, rescued from, it. from whatever that's it right. was. And, and it's well documented on the show how much I hate snakes. Mm. And, and I hate, clowns. And I hate people that, well, I don't hate people, but I, I, don't, I don't understand people that have pets that kill you. I don't. I yeah, still don't yeah. get that. Yeah. But the fact that she rescued it for for one day. <laughs> way to go, lady. I mean, what was she doing? Like taking it out, like petting it. I mean. Oh, you uh, know, you know what it was? She she wanted to be all sharp and get a picture with a selfie on. Like, yeah. hey, look at this! Look at this snake that I just rescued because mm-hmm. I want to be cool. I want to be sharp. And then all of a sudden, it said, "No, I'm I'm done with that." And rescued it from where? How do you know it wasn't happy? Did, right. did you go up and be like, oh, come here, Mr. Bo, I want to save you? Maybe you should try to feed it before you try to pet it after you rescue it. How about this? Don't. <laughs> nope. Just shoot it. Kill I, it. I, you know, I, I've never seen a Sarah McLaughlin commercial singing about, singing about snakes and rescuing them Mm-mm. and donating a dollar or whatever per month to rescue. You know why? Because people would stop donating because nobody likes those Satan little hand puppet. Boa constrictor, that, uh-uh. that size would make a nice belt. Mm-hmm. At five and a half feet? Right. I can go good, around my waist. Yeah, get some good meat on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the follow-up to that, so... I haven't. Let me go ahead and play that for you. 911, what is the location of your emergency? Hello? I have a bullet constrictor stuck to my, my face. Ma'am, you have a what? Bullet constrictor. No. Okay, how big of a snake are we talking, ma'am? This thing was 10 foot tall. He had beautiful hair. You have to break out the blast <laughs> from the past. I can't get enough of that guy, by the way. But still, though, I, I, I don't know. I've been, since I read this article, I'm still shaking my head. Can Can I also just say this to to the men and women that put their line on their lives on the line? We have to spend valuable resources to go to this woman and help her cut off her rescued snake. Mm-hmm. While there's people that actually need help and need like an ambulance or a fire department or whatever, we take valuable resources right. from that and divert it to you, you dumbass that I've got to put. <laughs> Put a rescued snake around. You put your yourself head. in danger with it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. So involuntarily they got hurt, but then this lady puts herself in danger. Well, good job. Obviously, uh, she may have been lacking of the superpower. Yeah. So here you go, lady. the Darwin Darwin Award of the Week. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw old Mister Chris Christie and him going to <laughs> do the ballpark or not. It's not been a stellar uh, probably last forty five days for him. So. <laughs> So I don't know. It, we'll we'll have this up on the um, on our website. But Chris Christie has gotten an argument with a gentleman um, at the ballpark, mm-hmm. and uh, he went to go get some nachos, like every good American will. And he got the nachos, and he came back. And while he was getting the nachos, this guy was just like hollering at him, screaming at him. And then I think at one point he said, "You're, you're, um, you suck, you suck." And then said, "You're a hypocrite." And then um, Chris Christie comes back, and he said one of his first lines, like, hey, buddy, you want another beer? Then he said, uh, did you get enough? Are you, are you done yelling at me now? And uh, then so there's this, this clip of the guy, and he was the guy was trying to, again, be sharp. He was trying right. to be cool, trying to be Witty. like, mm, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's, here's the audio of that. <laughs> That's his friend yelling at him. What did he say to you? You want to act like a big shot? Is what the guy was saying. 
So uh, <laughs> I don't, I mean, mm, a couple of things on this one is uh, the picture of Chris Christie holding his nachos. Yeah, he looked kind of desperate. The man did not want to let one chip get away. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also the news failed to mention that was his 12th order of nachos. Was it really? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but that sucker was piled up. I'm, surpri- like none other. I'm, I'm surprised Chris Christie didn't actually close the stadium down and just let oh, his yeah. family watch the baseball yeah. game for himself. That would have yeah. been nice for them. Yeah. Um, and can we talk about his pants? I mean, <laughs> is he getting his, like, fashion advice from the mom police? You know, Chris Christie's actually a pretty funny cat. I don't know if you've oh, ever yeah. seen him on the late nights or yeah. Saturday Night Live. Yeah, um, I like and him. Saturday Night Live actually did a skit with him about the pants, <laughs> you know, how far they pull up and yeah. stuff. So he's fully aware of it, but he still insists he's on it. Like, come on, man. Those look like mom jeans. I'd rather like, I'd rather on. see him rocking a belly rocker or, you know, mm. over the over the, over the lap, Dunlap disease or whatever, yeah. than, than the old up to his nipples. Yeah. So. I mean, he looked kind of like Pat. Remember that old SNL skit? And <laughs> <laughs> Matt. That was great. Mm. <laughs> and that's so, that's so fitting for today in our culture. Yeah. Anyway, that's a side mm. note. Yeah, old Chris Christie. Mm. He's not had a stellar 45 days, I think. His PR team is probably going to have to do some damage control. Yeah. Speaking of nipples. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Uh, David Irving of the Cowboys. Mm. Uh, he injures his uh, <laughs> nipple by getting his nipple ring uh, pulled mm. out during practice. Mm. And, of course, he announced it to Twitter and everyone mm. else. Why? There's, I, there's question number one. Yeah, why? I don't really know. I would just left that alone. <laughs> Put that to the side. Uh, Dallas Cowboys defensive end David Irving tweeted that he lost his nipple ring during the team's training camp. No. And as a result, injured his nipple. Don't need to bring that up. It hurts so bad, I just had to let the world know, Irving told reporters mm. after practice on Wednesday. Uh, but the nipple didn't completely tear through. It would have been uh, loose and yanked the side out. Uh, thank, mm. God, thank God it was loose, mm. as uh, David was quoted. Um, I guess I grow some people out, Irving mm-hmm. added about the nipple. Pretty funny to see people's reactions. I have no shame. Um, Clearly. Ask, <laughs> ask why... He got the nipple ring in the first place. Irving responded, "Responded, the girls love it. No, oh. mm-hmm. that's why I got it." Mm. Um, but yeah, they've Twitter's had a little bit of fun with it uh, this episode of the nipple ring. But um, yeah, ouch. Mm. You know what I would have said? Sam, you have a what? <laughs> yeah, he uh, obviously uh, also he's just a side note. This mm. has nothing to do with who, but he will not play the first four games of 2017 mm. due to. I'm failing a drug test, so he's under suspension. So. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that figures out why he got the nipple ring. Well, he was high on crack yeah. cocaine. <laughs> he's, I don't know. I, but, mm. yeah. Maybe take that thing out next time when you're in practice. At what point do you say, all right, I got my pads on, got my cap. Shh. At what point do you say, hey, I've got my pads on. Larkin. <clears throat> Sorry. At what point do you say you've got your pads on? You know, you got your jock strap on. We got we got everything like we like it. Oh, I, I might have um, left the nipple ring on. Might want to <laughs> take it all off and start over again. I guess they need to make nipple cups for them. Oh my gosh, y'all. <laughs> mm. So here's to you, Cowboys fan. There's so many jokes you can make. Cowboys are either the butt of all the jokes, you mm-hmm. know, or the nipple is, of all the jokes. Yeah, well, this, is, this is the one you can add this to the list. So. <laughs> All right, so that's a little bit of wacky news for us. Yeah, so stay tuned. We'll have uh, Chris Ferdico from mm-hmm. uh, Warfighter Tobacco Company. They make awesome cigars. They're a veteran-owned uh, cigar company out in Nebraska, and they are making news in the cigar aficionado world, so stay tuned. 
Words cannot describe how awesome Robert and his team at Webmerized are. In our time of need, Robert came through for us and devoted more time than expected to help our organization develop our new website. It truly is a blessing to have an individual that can speak to the average person not in the IT world in a manner that can easily be understood. The process of working with his team was painless, and I look forward to working with them for future projects. Our website is spectacular, and I'm really proud of what was developed by Webmerized. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Don't take Stella H's word for it and also Southern Fried Philosophies, but go out to webmerize.com, W-E-B-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, or check out the sponsors link on our website. And if you mention the word biggin in your order, you'll get 10% off. Check them out at webmerized.com for your web services needs. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. On our special featured guest line today, we have Chris Ferdico with Warfighter Tobacco Company. Warfighter Tobacco is a veteran-owned and operated uh, cigar company. They are they bring in have specially manufactured hand rolled cigars, and they're excellent. I we actually received some last week and uh, had a little uh, boys' club with some uh, adult beverages and enjoyed <laughs> our smoke and talk. So. Welcome, uh, welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. And thank you for your service. No, thank you. Thank you, guys. We're see. It, it's awkward when people thank us for our service because at the end of the day, you know, while while we appreciate the recognition, um, uh, the, you know, there's a part of us that one liked it, uh, and and two, I don't know. It's it, it's it's humbling. So I appreciate. Yeah, it's a humility um, thing. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, on your about page on your website. You guys have uh, four main guys, I guess, or three main guys besides yourself, right? Yes, yes. Um, uh, actually, th- there there are six of us who uh, who um, own the company. I thought you I thought you said three uh, three million guns. And I was going <laughs> to say no. Your six million guns is about, is about right. But um, wow, between the six of us. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, we are we are definitely pro Second Amendment, so I gotta I gotta throw that. Oh out yeah, there. we, but, we uh, are too. No, but, yep, no, they are. It started out with uh, as an idea between uh, a friend of mine, Scott, and uh, and then it, it kind of grew as as we were too dumb to not change our minds. Things kept going <laughs> and going, and we just we added people, and uh, we've got a really really good team. Um, uh, it's myself and Scott Jansen. Um, uh, then when we were ready for, uh, uh, for our sticks, um, we had, uh, Scott and I really, really started, you know, doing the blending and, and coming up with the product. Um, and then when we were ready for, uh, to, to really, really do it, we, uh, went to some friends and, uh, and they were fortunate enough to, uh, convince their wives to waste, uh, you know, some money on us. <laughs> and, uh, and we got our first group of banded cigars and we went live and, uh, uh, and then we drew some, uh, positive attention and, uh, then, uh, Rocco and George Patton joined us. And, uh, so the six of us, um, Brian, Betty and John, uh, Simons are the, the, the two, uh, uh, that, that came on, uh, willing to lose uh, uh probably more money than they were um uh, <laughs> than their wives were willing to at least yeah but, there you uh, go uh, but that's what happens when you have good friends who will you know and with well, shovels and pickups well there you go so how does that even start like for like craft brewing like we can maybe understand oh well, we'll just go pick up a, braf- a 
craft brew kit and just like you know goof off in the in the garage but you don't do that with cigars there's no like a starter kit for that so how does how do you start the whole process of saying well let's let's make something well that's you know and like most um i shouldn't say like most but like a lot of good stories um it started over a lot of alcohol in vegas (laughs) i'm Um, noticing a trend with that yeah so um actually what happened was um uh, scott uh, is a business owner um he owns a company called silencer headquarters which is uh, does a lot of custom uh it's an nfa class 3 nfa dealer and he nice. also does a lot of custom work with uh, uh glocks and other firearms uh he's a former uh scout sniper um taught sodic which is um a special operations uh sniper long range course um, oh. and, uh, he, uh, so he, he's really, really good when it comes to shooting people in the face at a mile away. <laughs> um, well, if know, there's a talent. A, yeah, that is a talent. And so. Plus in the zombie um, apocalypse, I guess we're coming to Nebraska. Oh yeah, no doubt. Ex- exactly. And, and, and speaking of that's, that's kind of where we were at. We were at the, uh, we were in Vegas at the launch party for, for the trailer for range 15 and Scott had, uh, supported range 15 um, we had supported range 15 and, uh, um, so we were at the launch party and, um, for, if you, if you haven't had the joy of seeing it yet, it is a, it's the only, um, veteran, um, produced veteran funded, um, movie in, in history. Oh, wow. Um, um article 15 and, and, uh, ranger up, uh, got together and decided to make a, a, a zombie apocalypse movie hmm. that, um, that really focused on military culture. Wow. Um, so it's very sick and twisted, but in a way <laughs> that is, uh, really nails, uh, nails our community. So we were there and there, uh, one of the things that has come out of, uh, the post nine 11 veteran community is a, is a, a spirit of entrepreneurialism. I probably said that like I was drunk, but uh, <laughs> not. quite all right. Trying to squeeze um, those words out. We do the same thing. Yeah. So part of me is, isn't, sure if that's just because of the generation or if it's just because we get back and realize we don't like people so we're going to work for ourselves <laughs> we were kind of looking in the veteran space and 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 what we could do because it was something that was really connecting with us it's it's hard to come back from war and relate to the real world again uh, i shouldn't say the real world because it doesn't get any more real than than combat but uh, uh it was hard to uh, I'm just going to be honest. It's hard yeah. to come back to a place where shooting people is not an acceptable form of dispute resolution. Mm-hmm. And so, you uh, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of support and a lot of uh, community that has come out of the post 9/11 veteran uh, service. Um, and I think uh, because of because of that, we have uh, really connected with prior veterans as well. It's just it, it's an incredible thing the community. But we were sitting there and we were smoking cigars. We realized that everybody, almost everybody in the military has smoked a cigar and you've smoked it in extremely difficult circumstances. Um, Sometimes you smoke it for victory. Sometimes you smoke it Mm. in remembrance. Uh, Sometimes you're smoking it to to let go. It's uh, one of the few vices that the Army still lets us uh, (laughs) engage in. And so 
and we realized that none of us could remember what our first cigar was. Um, we can remember exactly that moment we started smoking. Mm. Uh, we can remember why. We can remember viscerally a lot of the things surrounding those cigars. But 95% of the people you ask to, they can't tell you what they've smoked, what they were smoking. And we realized that's uh, because the cigar industry as a whole doesn't understand us. It doesn't understand the veterans. It doesn't understand law enforcement, other sheepdogs and, and first responders and why we smoke. If you go and you look at the cigar industry as a whole, and cigars are certainly a, a luxury product, but these, um, these communities that smoke don't smoke them for the luxury of them. They, we smoke them for completely different reasons. We smoke them for, for the camaraderie. Hmm. And we, um, you know, when we looked around, we saw a lot of people advertising to us, but nobody speaking to us. And we realized that's because you, if, if you're not one of us, you can't understand us. And so we, uh, we believe that Warfighter Tobacco needed to fill that niche for people who, who hold an ideal uh, greater than themselves, who, who have spent life beyond the six inches uh, from their face and their electronic device. And, uh, you know, for us, it's not about Rolexes and Ferraris because we don't picture ourselves that way, um, which is how the cigar industry markets. Um, for us, it's about the experience. And while mm. you can advertise to us, you can't, you can't fake it. And so that's why I think we've been um, successful as we've you know, two drunk veterans were able to figure that out. Uh, it couldn't have been that hard, <laughs> so because our math, our math skills at that point in time weren't very, uh, weren't very astute. So, <laughs> uh, but that's how Warfighter Tobacco started. Wow, you guys, you guys just got named uh, best in show at the IPCPR, that's right? Correct. Well done. That is that is a very huge honor, and that's kind of where we went. Uh, that's the industry uh, show. The um, International Premium uh, Cigar and Pipe Retailers Association, and it's kind of the shot show for for the cigar industry. And last year we went, but we went as attendees. We didn't we didn't have a booth, and um, we we kind of walked around the place. And I should say we scout walked around the place, and and kind of confirmed what we were thinking is that they don't get us. Um, mm. It's a you know very opulent. Um, uh, a lot of the brands, even even on the rough side uh, of the brands that try to motor, that try to advertise to the tough guys, it's all about, you know. Um, apparently, if you're if you're in the cigar industry, only rich people are tough guys because that's you know mm. who they're marketing to. So I haven't met any of those guys, but um, false um, false machismo. So they're, yeah, they're, but they're they're apparently out there because they market to them a lot. So. Mm. Um, we realized that we, you know, we were completely different, um, and our goal was to eventually get to the show and to turn heads, to be completely different. And we didn't expect it to be so soon, but that's exactly what that award was for us: is is validation that, um, um, you know, hey, these little guys show up and uh, throw a grenade in the room, and everybody paid attention. And so that was. Uh, um, that, you know, that was that was huge for us because, again, it validated what we believed um, the market needed. Mm. Well, mission accomplished, sir. Yeah, congrats yeah, on thank that. Thank you. So. I was just going to ask, like, what makes your tobacco and your cigars different? So you, you say the, the marketing and whatnot, but what makes them different than if I were to go pick up, you know, a black and mild? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I was going to say 
Um, oh, there's just a kidding. lot of homogeny <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the cigar market, except when you get to the black and mild. So, <laughs> right. uh, to, to, to dial it back, there are two types of cigars. There's what you uh, you call premium cigars, and then which are all handmade. And then you'll have your black and mild style, which are uh, machine-made cigars. Mm. Machine-made cigars, um, which are can be purchased for three for ninety-nine you know, pennies, yeah, or or very large bags of of uh, Ziploc bags of uh, sticks for a few dollars. <laughs> right. Um, use uh, essentially shredded tobacco inside them, um, and sometimes the bind the, the wrapper, which is the outer portion of the cigar. Sometimes that's even paper. It's not even tobacco. Mm-hmm. Um, so while they look like a cigar, there's a significant difference between a premium cigar and a machine-made cigar. In the, in the premium cigar, you're talking about a hand-rolled product that is uh, 100% tobacco, and it is, uh, it's got three components to it. You've got your wrapper, you've got your binder, and then you've got your filler. And the filler is just rolled up leaves of tobacco. Um, the binder then wraps that tobacco, and then the wrapper is the prettiest part, um, which gives it its its uh, unique appearance. And depending on the variety of the tobaccos that are used in all three of those parts, will um, will the and the quality of the tobacco will um, uh, kind of give it its flavor and its palate. And so what's different about ours? Ours are certainly uh, premium and 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 fit the uh, the description um our our um uh, cigars right now are manufactured in the dominican republic um hmm. dominican cigars don't suck uh, right i think most of the manufacturers um, probably yeah have them rolled there too yeah they're in uh, honduras um nicaragua honduras are big um cigar countries and in fact we are moving our manufacturing we're, we're in the process right now of moving it to uh, nicaragua we've had the good bad problem of i think kind of outgrowing our uh, supplier right now and and so we needed to increase our capacity but what came with the ability to scale up was the ability to get our hands on even higher quality tobacco and even better manufacturing process process i mean literally people rolling cigars in a big factory um so because that's how it works but there's just bigger facility in fact we're we're now being made at a esteli nicaragua um out of the placentia factory and for the cigar geeks out there they know that um nestor placentia knows his way around a tobacco uh, tobacco field so it's uh so we're honored to have have entered the room with the big boys but um (laughs) But completely, completely did it in a non-traditional way. Nice. Well, I think with this new economy, I think a lot of these new startups like yourself and veteran-known clothing companies that you see, uh, they're not with the traditional model. You know, with the with the internet and uh, with Facebook and social media pumping out shops. You know, it's it's not going to be that traditional model, brick and mortar, and kind of go from there. Um, speaking of brick and mortar, are you, are you guys in brick and mortar stores right now? Well, it's a, that's part of what we were doing out at IC, uh, IPCPR. We, um, our community has been so awesome in giving us um, the response that, frankly, a better response than we were even even thinking of. But um, the one thing about our community is, if if you're legitimate, you're honorable, and you uh, and you treat people the way they should be treated, um, they will reward you with um, significant loyalty. Um, mm. 
And I don't know when we decided that we were going to go brick and mortar, but it was one of those things that we knew would be a possibility, but it was so far in the future, we really hadn't hmm. planned it. But the the response that we received from our, you know, from our community was so great that we realized that, you know what, we can be successful in brick and mortar because a lot of us like to, um, again, it's about the experience and it's about the moment and it's about who you're with. Um, and because they're loyal, they like to find their local veteran owned place or veteran friendly place, mm-hmm. um, or the, you know, and, and hang out with like-minded people and smoke. And, um, and so we were getting a lot of requests for where can I get you locally? Um, and we realized that, you know, if we can help, um, cigar retailers who might not understand the veteran, if we can help them better understand the veteran, then they'll have no problem developing a, a loyal customer base. Another thing that's unique about us is that we, um, our demographic is young. Um, you know, our mm. average customer um, is about 34 years old. And so um, in the cigar world, that is like baby. Um, mm. So yeah. a lot of cigar smokers are, are older. And so, you know, what we believe we can do is connect um, traditional smoke shops with the younger market and, and help them understand that uh, some of us are motorcycles and muscle cars and not uh, Rolexes and Ferraris. And that's, I think that's a good thing for everybody, but we can, uh, so I think we can help drive traffic. And so we've still, we've now officially entered um, the brick and mortar model and we are uh, signing up dealers. Um, our new cigars with the, out of the Nicaraguan factory, um, We'll all be ready um, here in, a, in the next 45 days. Oh, wow. um, they're in the aging room right now, so we should be able to uh, – we'll be shipping mid-September to – right now we have about 13 dealers, retailers with maybe 20, 30 stores in various states. Um, Georgia's been good to us. Nice. Um, Texas, Arizona's been good to us. So if you're in those areas, uh, you, you will see us popping up on shelves soon. And if you're out there and you've got a place that you think needs to have us, reach out and uh, tell them about us and reach out to me and tell me about them and I'll reach out. Um, Chris, we've got an amazing following in Tokyo. (laughs) And we know that. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, and it's funny. That's the other thing is that we – our next step is the amount of love that we're getting from uh, from our, our what I'll refer to as our NATO partners, Canadians, Brits, and Australians has been outstanding. Nice. Um, we get uh, because we can ship um, to APOs, um, and uh, you know we can we can get cigars to our our coalition partners, mm. um, and they have uh, uh, we've had some who have who have bought in large quantity uh, to bring home with them, knowing they wouldn't be able to get them once they got home. So, oh, wow. so what you know, step the next step is to is to get the warfighters around the world united. I'm not telling you how to do your job, but have you looked into Amazon Prime? Because <laughs> that that seems to be taking off pretty well. <laughs> you know, Amazon Prime is an outstanding, outstanding service. In fact, it, it, I I love Amazon because they have prevented me from going to the store and standing in line. Um, <laughs> sure, which is uh, <laughs> apparently a trigger. Uh, for me. <laughs> you know, I uh, I don't know why that is, but uh, um, so. It's uh, so I love Amazon Prime, but for some reason, Amazon Prime and Facebook and Instagram, despite uh, how much uh, how important they are to us, they don't seem to like guns and tobacco. Sure. I don't know what it we is. Need to, we need so, to work on that piece. Yeah, um, Chris, what's so your you favorite can... cigar that you've you've ever smoked uh, besides yours? That I, yeah, that I've ever smoked. I would say. Um, 
I'm a really big fan of the Padron anniversary mm. editions. Mm. Nice. Um, the I think they're outstanding. I've I've had uh, some really good uh, Olivas. I'm a big fan of a uh, of another small cigar company out there of um, called Battleground. They're a little bit different. I wouldn't consider them a competitor. Mm. Um, I like their sense of history. They really focus on the Civil War um, nice. hmm. generation for their cigars, but they make a really nice cigar. The the Placentia uh, brands and uh, who has assisted us with our development are are outstanding. So, what about for you, like uh, of your company? What's your, what's one of your favorite cigars there? You know, really kind of like music. Cigars for me are are what mood I'm in. Hmm. Um, you know, my Maduros, my angry heavy metal um cigar not your top um, gun cigar. yep uh not yeah it's, it is yeah. <laughs> it is not my danger zone cigar um in fact i will officially say we don't have a danger zone cigar. all right so i say i'm not wanted know, yeah if you're uh if if kenny loggins danger zone is your favorite cigar then we're probably missing you. Uh, so <laughs> well, and to be uh, fair, we we had your cigars, uh, myself, Mojo, and Tim. We had your cigars this past week, and we really enjoyed them. Like I think one of my favorite things about it is is just it's so smooth. Mm-hmm. Like it was just it didn't you didn't feel like you had a cigar after you were done. You know, like most mm-hmm. of the time, like when I got done with it, I was like, oh, you know, like my wife won't kiss me, right? Yeah. I'll get that like ashtray breath. Go, yeah, go take a shower. But I didn't get that, and I, I didn't get any hello time. But it was just, you know, she didn't like kick me away and say go go in the shower. Not, you know, one of my fa- one of my favorite cigars is a Gurkha, and uh, very clean. And that's what I can relate your mm. cigars to: very clean, very yeah. uh, flavorful. And uh, I, I smoked mine down to about a nub, so <laughs> it was good. It was good to the last nub. So. <laughs> I, I I appreciate that. Um, I, I think bl- from the blend standpoint, we've we've done well. It's amazing. It, just like anything, you think you know. You know, I'm a gun guy, and then I I'm in the room with other gun guys, and I realize how much I don't know. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the same thing with cigars. Is is you know I, I learn so much about them every day, um, and uh, you know so it's it's interesting. Um, I I got to say it's a, it's a lot more interesting than you would think, but uh, it's sure. it's it's been great and i can absolutely tell you without without the community we would not be where we are um and to be welcomed by our community that way mm. and and i keep talking about the community and i should be fair to some of your listeners who may not have military service um what you know what do, what do we mean by a warfighter so if you don't mind um i'd like to define that for you if i can absolutely sure. yeah to us, warfighting isn't an occupation. It's it's an ideal. Um, it is um, about being willing to lay it on the line for somebody else, you know, at a moment's notice. Sometimes without even thinking about it. And so, I think everybody has the potential to have some warfighter in them. But there are certain groups of people: law enforcement, first responders, uh, military veterans. You know, people who um, who have to put it on the line every day. Um, and face that, you know, face their mortality uh, every time they yeah. wake up that creates a sense of community. I tell people I've never had a, um, um, you know, a terminal illness, but I know people who have, and I know that they really, really relate to, you know, others who have been through their circumstance. And so the community for us is everybody who's who's gotten up and their their single focus was survival, whether that was for a moment or for a year. 
it creates something inside you. That's our community. That's who you know we're talking about. And while I would be honored if everybody liked our cigars, um, at the end of the day, um, I'm really concerned about what the community thinks about them. Um, and if uh, if if the community accepts us, then then we've been successful. Um, and if others like us, great. But if they don't, we really just don't care because it's uh, it's who we are, and we're not going to pretend to be different. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And well, in fact, we're uh, we're we have a what we call a missional family at our house. Me and Big in here, and uh, it's all about community. I mm-hmm. think people are just looking to plug in with right. with people that are like minded, regardless of uh, where they come from, whatever backgrounds they have. They're just looking for people that they can plug into that they have common interest in. So, the warfighter. I, I definitely could see the community being a big a big aspect of that just because there's so many veterans out there and a lot of these guys have uh no place to connect with after yeah. like you said after their service so little little avenues like warfighter or if it's uh you know second amendment groups and things like that I, I could see these guys plugging into and by the way i want to take a second just to say that i know what 22 veterans uh, a day commit suicide so mm-hmm. uh, community is a big aspect and i would like to if there's anyone out there listening right now as part of that community, you know, seek, seek a community that, you know, will help you guys. So definitely. And and that's what we want. We want people to know that when they pick up a a warfighter cigar, even when they're alone, they're not, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, because this, um, uh, David Blanco, our, our blender is a, is a, um, is a veteran. Um, his father, um, Cesar Blanco, who's been in the cigar business for years wow, and yeah. years, is a, is a veteran. Um, so that 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 lineage for us was very important. And so we can honestly say from top to bottom that um, if if you know if you're a warfighter and you pick up one of our cigars, it was made by you know by your community. Mm-hmm. So um, and that's you know personally not to get too um, sappy or anything, but. That's part of the reason I, I got involved with uh, the, you know, Range 15 crew and, and uh, because, you know, when I was uh, you know, discharged out of the military, it was, you know, it, it was hard. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I can't imagine how hard it is for guys who really, you know, for the real heroes out there. So it was, you know, it's one of those things that you just you, you realize that, hey, we're, if we're going to survive and we're going to heal as a generation, we need to do it together. Um, sure. And that's uh, Warfighter Tobacco is as much a part of that as it is about the cigar. Um, and that's what other cigars companies don't understand. Hmm. So, and, and that's a good point. And that's fine. Because, yeah. like I said, I, there's a lot of product out there I, I like. It's funny, I heard Rudy Giuliani. Uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani recently say that uh, cigar smokers are not monogamous, um, and uh, uh, and there's truth to that. It's been very humbling that we get calls and and emails from people who say, "Hey, we had this special moment and we went and got mm. your cigars." And that's nice. that's what it's all about. Yeah, that makes sense. We we did have an argument though when we were smoking your cigars as a community is do we do we light them with a match or with a lighter? And and so that was the argument between us for for a solid five minutes. <laughs> so well, we're coming to ask you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a, a different. Uh, I'm gonna throw in even a third choice. Do you if it's a lighter, is it a um, a traditional butane or is it a torch butane lighter? Um, because you will have cigar geeks argue that point 
forever and a day. Sure. And what I will tell you as a soldier, you light it with whatever the frick you can light it with. <laughs> um, if I got a match, I'm starting a fire. Um, so well done. We argue one of the reasons that we we decided that we had to do the Pelican cases is the humidors. Um is because they serve as flotation devices. Um, so hmm. if you're out ever out in the middle of the ocean, you can open up your humidor, smoke your last cigar, and kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> you know? So that's, um, you know, we're it's about practicality. Sure, you know? of we're course. Not, uh, uh, <laughs> so, so the of, answer is yes. Okay. Whatever you got. All right. Speaking of practicality, you're the only uh, tobacco a cigar website I know that will sell tobaccos and beard oil at the same time. So that's pretty. Uh, that, that's pretty oh, awesome. Yes. Pretty pretty. Yeah. Well, you know, the freedom beard is an important part of our community. Sure. Um, so it's uh, we will not, um, you know, and there is the difference between the hipster beard and the freedom beard. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Usually, you can tell the difference uh, starting at the man bun. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, with, with the Starbucks frappuccino in the hand. You. Yeah. Thank you, um, sir. So that's you know there there are lots of ways to tell the difference, but that's that's the one of the the giveaways. But uh, but yes, because um, our if I don't know if you notice this, but our motto is that we sell cigars and other cool shit. Um, <laughs> and so there's a lot of unique products that Warfighter Tobacco offers. I don't sure. I don't know if you noticed one of my favorites, but the 120 millimeter abrams ashtray uh which was milled out of a the spent casing of a abrams main battle tank uh, oh, i did wow. not i'll have to take a so, look at that one you know you've if you want to talk about a conversation piece throw that bad boy <laughs> up on the counter sure so no doubt so and our 30 millimeter uh shot show 30 millimeter um uh what we call our burt collection the burt collection the um which is the sound of a of a warthog's main gun? Uh, yeah, bro. for Vulcan twenty millimeter. Um, we've got a whole bar set of uh, flask and shot glasses out of, the, out of the thirty millimeter spent casing. So, nice. um, why? Because it's cool, <laughs> Ryan. Why not? So, yeah. So, can you uh, give our listeners your website just in case they don't have it? Sure, it is warfightertobacco.com. The uh, SEO geeks make sure that we, uh, if you type war, uh, warfighter and tobacco, we will pop up number one. Nice. So uh, you can't miss us. Uh, we're warfighter uh, tobacco um, uh, on Instagram and, and Facebook as well. Again, the power of the community and the sure. reason we knew we would be able to go into retail um, was the fact that. We went live on a, on the website on August second of last year, um, and we're pushing twenty three thousand Facebook followers. Holy cow! Twenty four, uh, twenty close to twenty four thousand on Instagram right now, um, and that's in in one year. And strong work in the in, in, that eclipses some of the largest cigar companies out there. Um, and so um, again. Wow. Uh, talk about them not getting it. So <laughs> you um, found your niche. How about that? Yep, it's a big so, ni- big niche. We're uh, uh, we're proud of that, and we're just going to keep growing as long as it, you know, um, keep being real. That's right. Well, Chris, uh, we're going to wrap this up, but uh, once again, people can find you at warfightertobacco.com. dot com. You can also look on the Facebooks and also Instagram. You guys on Twitter also? 
Uh, we are. We are. I will admit our Twitter game is not as, is not as <laughs> good as, on the, point. Um, it's not as, either. as the president. Uh, <laughs> we, we are no POTUS when it comes to Twitter. Yeah, but, uh, no doubt. Uh, but we, that's, uh, that's, that's on our goal um, uh, to, to work on that game a little bit. But we are really big on in Instagram and Facebook, um, um, much to the angst of Instagram and Facebook because they hate <laughs> everything we're about. Yeah, um, sure. So uh, you might have to but, fi- you might have to hire one of those uh, uh, man bun uh, bearded oh, guys yeah, to run you your social media because those guys know what they're doing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's funny you say that because the answer is no. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, our social media guru is a uh, uh, is one badass former Marine. So oh, that's all I'm, I'm, I'm going to say about that. <laughs> nice. So we are everywhere. Um, and uh chris we we play a little game called 10 and 1 i'm gonna ask you 10 questions and see if you can get them in under a minute would you be willing to play that game why not all right here we go all right what is your favorite board game battleship or risk uh risk uh what drink do you have in your hand when you smoke a cigar whiskey omaha steaks or trump steaks omaha steaks Jimmy Buffett or Warren Buffett? Man, you are good. we are a Nebraska company. Do you exactly. That? Go Warren. <laughs> uh, punch or cut? Uh, v cut. Oh wow! Uh, this is one's a little bit similar. Punch or John? Oh, uh, you know, I got with Rocco as my partner. I gotta say, punch. Okay. Uh, best place you smoked a cigar? Um. Uh, over Uday and Kuse's bodies. Oh, oh wow. wow! How about it? Uh, Cubans, take them or leave them. Talking about uh, the cigars. Leave okay. Uh, if you could have anyone to endorse your cigar, who would it be? Um, again, for my friend, uh, for my friend and partner Rocco, it would be The Rock. Okay. Uh, and last question is: What is your spirit food? Pizza. All right. Well done. This is good morning, noon, night. <laughs> Fourth meal, fifth it's meal. Yeah. yeah, it's the perfect food. <laughs> well done. Good job, sir. Appreciate it. Well, Chris, we really appreciate you coming on. Once again, this is a Chris from Warfighter Tobacco. You can check him out on the webs. Man, man we appreciate you coming on, and uh, hopefully you'll come back on sometime again soon. So I, I appreciate you guys reaching out, um, especially for what you guys are about. and. Uh, uh, and and hopefully we connected with some of your uh, some of your listeners. Absolutely, so, thank you. Yeah, man, guys, we appreciate you always tuning in to each and every episode. Uh, please make sure you go to uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, give us a review, uh, subscribe. Also, go to our any of our social media accounts on Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy, at Twitter and uh, Instagram at SFP Radio. And you also find us on the interwebs at SouthernFryPhilosophy dot com. Uh, big on what you got. As always, keep looking up.